0: Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Today, it is my great pleasure to welcome Ashvin Veja Nathan to the show. Welcome, Ashvin. Thank you, Jeremy. So excited to be here. Hello, uh, salespeople. I'm super excited to talk to you because I actually just finished your book, The Customer Success Professionals Handbook, which uh, I've been reading a lot of CS books lately, and it is it is a top read. So I I only recommend books I read and enjoy. I read a lot that I don't recommend. This one is one I, I definitely recommend if you want to get into the innards of the current and future state of customer success, which is going to be our topic for today. We'll talk about the evolution of CS and and talk about some of those pesky questions around customer success these days. Uh, I just want to introduce Ashvin very quickly. He is the former chief customer officer at Gainsight. And uh, I'm sure everyone has heard of Gainsight. They are the dominant, I think, easy to say customer success platform in the world. And so he was there for over six years. He is now the VP of customer success and insights at LinkedIn. And of course, the author of, of that amazing book. I actually want to ask you a question outside of customer success just for a moment. I love running into people who used to work at McKinsey. What did you learn at McKinsey or what frameworks did you learn at McKinsey that have been applicable to you in leading customer success organizations? I think what consulting
1: helps you do in general, like management consulting, et cetera, helps you do is get into situations where you know very little about the context, get into situations where things are evolving at breakneck speeds. Try to look at data, analyze it, be hypothesis driven, and then use your best judgment to move forward and, and run with some experiments. And if they work, that's great. If they don't, then learn from it and move on. Right. Like that's the general muscle that management consulting brings to you. In the world of customer success, even like six years back while I was at Gainsight and very early days of Gainsight, like it was the field of customer success was changing so much. In general, in any customer service or like customer facing teams, there is like your customer's problems are not the same. They change from one customer to the other. They're different from one day to the other. You don't know your customer's business as much as they know their own business. So all of these are like things always in flux and The more you can be hypothesis-driven, the more you can be framework-driven to say, like, here is a trend I saw at customer X. They were like customer Y. So I should probably try this approach and see if it works. That helps a lot, which is the biggest thing. So it wasn't one framework to your question. It was this notion of dealing with ambiguity and category creation
0: that I found the most value out of coming from McKinsey. One of my favorite podcasts is a show called churn.fm and the host of that podcast at the end always asks the guest, imagine you walk into a new company and they're having retention issues. The cliche answer is I'm going to study what's going on, but I'm not going to give you that option. If you had no other information and could get no other information and had to do one thing, what's the one thing you would do?
1: Right yes and I was on the show and I was asked this question so the answer is very uh, recent in my in my brain and the answer is if I was to be hypothesis driven I would say most companies haven't figured out a stakeholder alignment or an executive sponsorship program in B2B that is so critical because there is generally one buyer but typically Many stakeholders. And I'm talking about like high touch or enterprise B2B. Uh, If your business model is SMB, the answer is very different. But if you're an enterprise B2B, then the fact that you are not multi-threaded within a company, you're not talking to the buyer, the CIO, the user at many different levels is likely the biggest cause of being blindsided and
0: seeing church. Should multi-threading be a concept in the mind of of the CSM, or is the multi-threading something? And maybe this is a softball question, but is the multi-threading something that is the account manager, the CSM executives inside the company? Like, where where does that alignment need to happen?
1: I think it is multi-threaded even within your company. So you can have, for example, for your top. of customers, your highest paying customers, your CEO is your CSM. Is their CSM? Like honestly, you can have a CSM, but all of them will want to talk to your CEO. And so he should be the one or she should be the one who is interfacing with the buyer at that customer. Then as you go further down in your segmentation model to the next round, like mid-market customers, then you should think of other executives within the company. For example, there could be, You could go with a model where you can say, for all mid-market customers where I have a huge expansion potential, the sales leader is or the CRO is the sponsor. For all customers that are kind of doing interesting things, they're breaking our product significantly. Maybe the chief product officer or VP of product is the exec sponsor. Like, how can you place the right people in that model so that you learn as well as the customer gets most value out of that relationship? The worst possible scenario is you do all this work and the customer sponsor doesn't find any value in talking to the sponsor on your side. It could be a CSM, it could be a sales rep, whoever. Like They find that relationship to be very transactional. They don't learn much in those conversations and then it just dies down. That's what you don't want.
0: Yeah, I I love that you bring up this point about the customer not Feeling as though the interaction is worthwhile to them. I'm going to leave a cliffhanger there because I want to come back to that. You know, my experience, I'm on the buying side and I'm really hard pressed to think of the last time a customer success organization did what customer success promises to do, which is to proactively bring me ideas about ways that I can get more value. I mean, it happened to me for the first time in three, four, five years, actually, recently that uh, Seismic, who that we licensed their technology uh, for our sales enablement. You know, they, they saw me post something on LinkedIn and they responded back, hey, you know, you actually already own Seismic, which I knew. And they said, you can do the thing that you're, trying to, you're asking about using Seismic. I was blown away by that. Is what I'm experiencing the norm out there?
1: Uh, It is definitely the
0: norm. So in the last 10 years or so, as I've
1: seen CS evolve, I think very early on it was support teams have existed in technology companies for the longest of times, right? Like multi-decades at this point. What companies started doing was saying, okay, we have this support team that picks up the phone whenever things break. We're going to have a part of that team start taking on more consistent approaches, maybe certain higher touch type support, carving out a small percentage of their time to do higher value activity. That's where it started. Then companies started saying, we're all cloud companies. We have some access to usage data, telemetry data. We are going to mine that and see Who is logging in versus not? Who is clicking on X feature versus not? And then go back to companies and start talking about like why they should be using things that they don't currently use and they're contracted to use. If I was to hypothesize like 60, 70 companies, percent of companies are in that bottom two buckets. Then companies started saying, people like you started saying, the buyers started saying, don't just tell me that I don't log in. I try to understand what I want to do with your product. In your seismic example, you had an outcome that you had in mind and you said, I want to solve this problem. That is where companies go next, which is the so what of adoption. Because you use features X, Y, and Z, because you click one, two, and three, you should be solving problem X. And so that is what is the next stage, which is call it like outcomes delivery. What Seismic CSM did was they saw that you had a problem. They equated that to things that you can do in the product and then came back to you with a solution. It's great that they're moving in that direction. And then like where next bleeding edge companies are going is to then say, this outcomes delivery is not a one-time event. I've solved... Jeremy's problem as of today, but I perceive that he will the next problem that he'll have is why? Because I've seen that in other places. He may not even know that he's gonna have that problem in six months. So I'm gonna plant that seed right now in his in his mind and say, the next evolution for you, Jeremy, as the buyer at Sales Loft, is you should be thinking about these three things. Which ones of these are things that you are most interested in? And then I'll start telling you how to start getting there right now, so that in six months, when that problem arises, you already have a solution in place. And so that is like the next level, call it like maturity model blueprint. There
0: are many terms for it, but that's where companies are headed. This concept of customer success, executing a periodic maturity assessment, seems like one of the higher end things, right? I think you mentioned it in the book as a a client maturity scorecard. What, What are some of the things that should be in a client maturity scorecard? Like,
1: I think a few things to think about, like even before, almost foundational to both the one time outcomes delivery and client maturity scorecard is what are the use cases or outcomes that your company and product can deliver to your customers in a credible and consistent way. Most companies I talk to haven't even done that work. And so in that scorecard measure, what you would say is to deliver on sales productivity, you customers seem to be very early in your sales process and consistency and maturity. So I'm going to recommend process X. And this is how you do it in the product. In six months, you will be ready to move on to process Y, which is the next stage. And it includes two more products or features from SalesLoft. But now these three things together will add more value to you. In the scorecard, back to your question, I would say you have like use cases or processes that you call out. And then as companies, as your customers solve for each one of those processes. You can then say you are a green on the most basic process. Now you are a yellow on the next process. Once you're green there, I'm going to recommend the next process to you, which is the third level of that. And so you go through that process.
0: What is the typical hiring profile of a CSM? And can that typical hiring profile pull off the maturity guidance that you just described? The three skills are basically Uh, CQ, which is capability quotient.
1: How well do you know your own product versus your competitors? How well do you know your customers' business and context and what they're trying to solve, et cetera? Then the second thing is IQ, which is how well do you creatively problem solve? How do you break down problems into sub-problems? How do you connect with multiple stakeholders at your customers, all of that type of stuff? How do you think on your feet? That is IQ. And then the third one is EQ, which is how do you manage relationships at your customers how do you put yourself in your customers shoes and empathize with them all of the, that type of stuff I think what differentiates like great from good csms is Cq how much time do you spend understanding your own product translating that into use cases and solutioning it for your customers what your seismic CSM did for you is a really good example of that Cq right like translating your outcomes into things
0: that the product can do once folks are hired, you obviously need to enable them. What evolution are you seeing these days in the world of CS enablement? Is that is that now increasingly a thing? Uh, It is 100% a thing, and I wish it had happened way sooner. I
1: think COVID and the pandemic definitely accelerated it. So what happened during COVID was new sales for a lot of companies slowed down because buyers basically said, hold on, I'm not ready to burn more money at this point. And so your existing customers became that much more important. So over the last year and a half, CSM teams... Actually, were the only teams in the company that actually grew in many companies, and and it also highlighted how under enabled most CSM organizations were. So, when at Gainside we did a poll early twenty twenty on like what are the big priorities for C- CCOs, CEOs, and CROs about? We polled about forty five or fifty public and private SaaS. CEOs, CROs, CCOs. Number one thing was product telemetry. Number two was CSM enablement. I think if you combine like AE and SC content, like sales engineering or solutions consulting type content, I think that's a good mix of what a CSM actually needs.
0: people think about sales engineers as being a pre-sale job, right? And then post-sale, you've got some combination of support, tier one, tier two, and so on. And then sometimes uh, a new term that I ran across that I'm sure is common to you, which is a technical account manager, which is like a post-sale sales engineer. Where do you draw the dividing line between who does what among those roles?
1: Yeah, I think the answer depends on how big a company you are as well call it like early stage companies some of these roles just meld into into a single role and so what i've seen in like very early stage companies is your sales engineer just continues as the technical account manager or like a technical counterpart post-sale because most companies are in the, especially in the cloud world, are in the land and expand type motions. And so they are invested in continuing to make the customer successful so that their AEs can land bigger deals at the same customer. And so and they get paid as part of that. So we typically tend to see, and then the CSM can either be an account manager, relationship manager, or can be like a product specialist and so or a use case specialist rather than a product specialist. And so they play that role. As you become like much larger, you can't scale in that way. And so you start developing specialized roles where you have SCs that stop after the deal is first signed and then They are brought in only if there is a potential expansion at that customer, in which case they come in and deal with it like a new uh, expansion or a new sale where the AE is involved, the SC is involved. They're doing all the demos and talking about use cases, new use cases, et cetera, whereas the CSM and the TAM potentially run use of what you're already contracted to not the expansion side so how can you get more out of your already invest the investment that you've
0: already made Like you actually mentioned the term that i i left as a cliffhanger until now which was executive business reviews and in general uh, engagement so so often i hear csms in different companies tell me that you know their bosses ask them to do periodic business reviews with the customer the CSM reaches out to the customer and the customer is like, yeah, just send me an email or whatever. Like you send me a usage report. I don't I don't need to meet. What are some things that people in the customer success function and or executives who have that sort of alignment should be doing in order to engage you know, the buyers on the other side?
1: The most common root cause of that is. The interactions that your customer sponsor has had with you and people from your company has been very transactional and they haven't learned anything new from talking to you. So they haven't found the value in investing 90 minutes or 60 minutes with people from your company. And typically, like what you might consider doing is for Salesloft as an example, your buyers are generally the heads of sales or heads of sales ops or rev ops. Can you, in these situations, if it is a large enough customer, can you have your head of RevOps or head of sales reach out to their head of sales and start a connection to say, hey, by the way, like I wanted to share what other companies in your space are doing, and I think it might make sense for us to uh, do a business review. So now you're talking the same language, you are connecting a peer to a peer, and They can trade ideas that otherwise may not happen. And then it opens doors for the CSM to come in and add value through that process. Similarly, a marketing automation company might have their CMO or VP of marketing reach out or VP of growth reach out to the head of marketing or the key buyer at that customer and have a conversation about big trends that they're seeing in that space. Right. So now there is like a lot more empathy for what you're talking about rather than just pushing product.
0: Another kind of common CS question that's out there is whether CSMs should or should not hold commercial responsibility. Are there contexts in which a CSM should be actually responsible for upsell, cross-sell renewal, not just creating CS qualified leads, CSQLs, but actually doing the commercial side of those transactions?
1: I've generally seen two factors that contribute to whether a CSM should or can take on commercial responsibilities. The first one is product complexity. Do you need an ops person at the at your customer to manage your product on an ongoing basis? Examples of like Salesforce or Workday, you need, like if not one person, an army of people to manage those systems. They are technically complex products. On the other hand, you might not need anyone to manage a Zoom. Your IT organization, like on a part-time basis, can just uh, allocate licenses for new people, et cetera. And like, it's pretty uh, ready, set, go, right? Like type motions. And so that is one axis. And the other axis is nascent or how mature is the industry that you're selling into. My hypothesis is that if your product is not complex and your industry is mature, then your CSM is basically an account manager. But if your product is complex and or your industry is highly immature, then your CSMs basically need to be evangelists. They have to create that category. They spend a lot of their time understanding product use cases. They need to feed that back to the product team. They're extensions of your product management organization in a way. And so in those models, you they don't have the capacity or the skill set to take on
0: commercial responsibilities. In those worlds where CSMs don't have commercial responsibility, do you think that CSMs should be paid for the CSQL, the customer success qualified lead? Should should they be paid for that? Uh, I think, again,
1: evolutionary process. If your CS organization is fairly new, your CSMs don't even know what to do day in and day out. So call it like the first six months should be them. You saying, here are three things that I want you to do day in and day out, almost like SDRs or like inside sales reps. I need you to do X number of business reviews per month, I need or per week, almost activity-based compensation is where I would start. And then like they will soon get the muscle memory to say, okay, I need to do these types of conversations are helpful. These types of conversations are not helpful. You move to the next level, which is the so what of the activities, which is your leading indicators have to improve. And then the third stage can be, now let me compensate you on the so what of these leading indicators going up, which is you should be getting more leads, you should be driving higher retention, you should be driving less churn or whatever, like those types of financial metrics. But if you jump straight there, they don't know what to do to actually get the CSQM. The,
0: the big concern, right, and the reason I asked is, the big concern is, you know here's this person whose job it is to be helpful. So take that seismic example that, that we used earlier, it's a, a different warm, fuzzy feeling I get when they tell me that I can do something with what I'm already spending and not having to pay more. I'm going to trust that person much, much more than if they're a person who's always coming at me to buy something. Jeremy,
1: and that statement that you made where you like the warm, fuzzy of someone not selling you more, I meet clone that basically says... I want my CSM to also tell me what next to buy or what like that user experience or customer experience is way more important to me than going to three people to have three conversations. Right. Like I hear that side of the house as well. The fact is the root cause of the situation you described is that people are selling you things or having conversation about selling you things. At the most inopportune moment when you haven't even found value from your existing investment, right? Like that is the root cause to be solved. I actually have come around to the notion of CSMs having commercial conversations as long as. They're equally compensated or incentivized or measured on delivering value with current investments that customers are making. So product adoption or whatever proxy you want to use uh, to drive that, like that has to be an equal
0: part of their business. Well, we're, we're almost we're, I could I have like a, a sheets and sheets of questions to still ask you, but I'm, I'm going to ask you, um, I guess, two more quick ones. So the, the first is you mentioned the word telemetry. You said there were two, you know, two big things when you talked to CEOs of the 50 companies in the, the survey in early 2020, and actually one of them was telemetry. So what, what does that mean and why is that a big need?
1: Yeah, it is basically uh, very granular information of what your customers do in your product. It can be as simple or more surface level as X number of people logged in at X points in time. And like you can then get even more granular to say, people who log into screen X spend X number of minutes on that screen. You can then start getting very granular information that the CSM can then use to say, it looked like you spent a lot of time on this page and you still didn't complete your outreach, as an example. You stumbled on something. And so let me help you get across the finish line.
0: Well, I say my final biggest question for you, which is um, now that you're moving from a CS company to uh, to LinkedIn, but if you were to go start a new CS company doing something that none of the existing CS companies are doing, what, what do you think is the low-hanging fruit there?
1: Oh, such a good question. Like, I think companies have figured out low-hanging fruits. Like, I think CS platforms are doing that. The two or three biggest areas that companies have some white space to solve, I think, and their big problems to solve are how do you connect what gets promised in the sales process all the way to what gets delivered in the post-sales process? And so how do you connect CRM or wherever you capture that to what gets delivered, and then what gets communicated back to the customer. Like There are point solutions for each of these three things, but there's nothing connecting all three things. So I think that is a big area that that is still not solved in a very out-of-the-box way, let's just say that. You can hack stuff together, but it's not out-of-the-box. And so that is one. And then the second one, I think, is... Partner success management. So for companies that have a huge channel presence or partners that you want them to be extensions of your customer success philosophy and customer experience, how do you make that happen in as seamless a way? Like companies like Cisco and others have basically created their own custom front end solutions for their partners, but that's, that doesn't scale for non-Cisco's of the world. And so that is that is a second big area that I think CS solutions can definitely solve
0: for. Well, Ashvin, thank you so much. This has been an absolute blast and good luck in your new role as VP of Customer Success and Insights at LinkedIn.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. It's always a pleasure to see you.
0: Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.